extra travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tabat, a Genshin lore podcast. Last week, we talked about the supernatural abilities of the ley lines and all of these strange disorders that surround them. This week, we're fighting that geo whale, the rocky desert frog, our angry boy, Ozdaha. And you're not my sweet baby, Oz. He's a sweetie pie. It's Ozdaha. Are you looking for... Wait, what are you looking for? Where are you? Who are you? When did you get imprisoned? What's happening? TalesofTavat.com. Our site also includes links to our past seasons and special episodes, artist spotlights from the community for every episode, wallpapers to download, including some of the new Fontaine ones, a new resource section that we're currently creating, and some of our favorite Genshin merch. Finally, feel free to email us at talesofdebotpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you'd like to see in the future. Additionally, you can follow us on Instagram, talesofdebotpod, or Twitter, talesofdebot, where you can see some of our goofy commentary, birthday lore for all the characters, and whenever we're doing a event like a Twitch stream. That being said, there is no streaming going on right now because we are talking about Azdaha. I hate fighting Azdaha still to this day. I think he is my least favorite of the limited weekly bosses. I love it. I love it so much. I love it. Yeah, you're going to fight me on this, though. I know we always call him Azdaha. It's not. Yeah. What is it? In the story, they tend to say Azdaha, like with a hard G, but it's not. It's Azdaha. Think of Zhongli. It's that same Z. So is Azdaha. Not Azdaha. But, you know, we're always learning that we're saying things wrong. Might as well add that one into it. That is true. (laughs) Mostly because languages are hard. Pronunciation are real hard. I've been walking around saying Azdaha all day. Ashtaha. 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 <laughs> it's fun to say. I will say that travelers and Geo Archon, please forgive us if we pronounce it wrong, as we are just being told now. I normally have time to prepare for my mispronunciations. No, that was the fun part. <laughs> Ashtaha. Because I'm still going to call him Asda. Like, it's not going to change anything. I mean, I named my baby boy after him. Well, actually, no. Y'all helped me name him. So we named him Asda. What you're saying is we named him wrong. <laughs> nah, because I, I just call him Oz, Which, like, A-Z-H. Which, what's funny is I have a picture of him in my work office. And a lot of people are like, what is that? Where'd you find this photo? I'm like, that's actually my gecko. His name is Oz. And they <laughs> freak out. And I am the gecko lady of this law firm. And I'm like, I am proud. I'm very proud. <laughs> I'm getting three more. Orlando Repticon. Hello. Soon you will have all the Adepti. I will. You know what? I will. But Adepti aside, because we are not talking about an Adepti today. We are talking about a possible Vashop, possible dragon, possible Sovyern, enemy of the Morax people. Sovereign, <laughs> by the way. No. <laughs> yes, no. it's sovereign. I will just not say it. I will say the seven dragon overlords. <laughs> so we meet Azdaha in Zhongli's second storyline or first storyline? First. Because his... No, wait. Is it second? Yeah, no, it's second. Second, because the first one is Salt Bitch. 
Salt Lady. Which, like, first off, Zhongli gets two story quests, and they're both equally depressing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's lived a long time. The developers, like, wanted him to be, like, the lonely one. Well, they want him to be P-Pop, and now that's New Valette. I yeah. mean, he's he couldn't be any lonelier than Farina was. I don't know. And that's true, because Venti kept bringing him wine. Exactly. And he had his son. <laughs> his son yeah. was not there the whole time. I mean, Venti wasn't there the whole time either. Anyway, I digress. So we find out about Ashdaha. He is known as a Vashop, Dragon Lord. There's a lot of names that go for him. But basically, before we deep dive into him, all you have to know is that he is a Geo Dragon type that is locked up in a cage underground, specifically under a big tree. Mm-hmm. Let's try to remember which mountain it's next to. Oh, it's next to Mount Hulao, I think. He's underneath Mount Hulao? He's like a little to the right of Mount Hulao. And that's where the big, because the big tree isn't up on the mountain. It's on the ground. Right. So he, his tree and his domain is right to the right of Mount Hulao. If you're looking at the map, okay. I honestly would say that his boss battle probably happens under Mount Hulao, ironically enough, even though it's supposed to be under this damn tree. Which the tree has a name, too. <laughs> the tree is the Dragon Queller, which I, for some reason, thought was a sword. So, <laughs> negative 10 points to Amanda. It sounds like a sword. Right? Why did I think it was the other name, Nantianmen? So, Nantianmen is, like, the location which within Minlin, which is, like, the subregion. Did you ever notice that the one area of the place to the right of Mount Hulao looks like a booby? On the map. I gotta see this. Titties? <laughs> Al perked right up. <laughs> what? I see a nipple. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, that looks like a... Yeah, the whole boob. Yeah! The whole boob. The whole boob. <laughs> it's a uni boob, but it's a boob. I mean... We got buttholes, we got boobs. We got it all. We do. We got titters. We're pivoting in 2024 to boobies. Away from the buttholes. <laughs> no, but we love buttholes. Play with the buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it so leeway can be divided up into a bunch of sub areas, and one of them is Minlin. And within Minlin, there are other sub areas, and Nan Tianman is one of them. And that's where Azdaha originally was. And then he was let free, and then he fought with Morax all the way from the chasm up to Mount Hulao, which is why there's like a valley through Nantianman now. It's a whole thing. We'll get into <laughs> that. But before we do, we're going to be talking a lot about dragons and we're going to be talking a lot about the shops. So I think it's important to just lay some boundaries of what exactly they are because they're a little different, but they can be the same. So a Vishop uh, according to the Genshin Week wiki, this is its definition of a shop in Tavat, is a species of dragon-like creatures that once followed each of the seven dragon lords with their corresponding elements and were formerly the dominant race of the world. Over time, a Vishop would evolve into a true dragon if they were like pure of heart, basically. So they're the original citizens of Tavat. Yes. Before their genocide. The, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we know another of an, like a medium-sized Vishop that we can also fight in Leeway as well. I mean, there's the little tiny ones that are rolling around all over the place who are adorable because when you fight them, they then go on their back like, ah! they go full Sonic and it's amazing. <laughs> I love it's it. so cute. Should we just let everyone know that like our inside way of saying it is Vishop-a-shop? 
I was about to say, can we, can we say, it's just a shop a shop. A shop Yeah, we rolls do off call the it the shop a shop. The shop. We were like, is it Vishop? Is it Vishop? But then we just started calling it the shop a shop. Yeah. Shop a shop a shop a shop. And sometimes, yeah, we add on a few extra. I mean, we did the same thing with the Golden Wolf Lord. I think that Visha- uh, Enjo calls it a, a bishop. Not that he's to be trusted at all. I was but... going to say, Enjo burned down a library. I'm supposed to trust him. <laughs> that guy. But it's interesting because many, many moons ago, obviously the primordial one came down, laid the beat down on the dragon overlords, kicked them to the curb. And then we find out that the geo dragon slash the oldest geo Vishop was locked underground and all of them were locked underground there's a whole like situation going on there but not trying to get too deep yet the seven dragon overlords as brandon said were the original leaders of tabat but they also were the original citizens the little vishops and one day their goal was to become the dragon of their na- of their element basically their goal in life was to be able to take over to become the dragon king Right. Well, the dragon king of their element. It's basically like the dragon king was Celestia, and then the seven archons were the seven dragon overlords. Truly. But there was a dragon king, though, too, wasn't there? Nibelong? 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 Let's take a dive into Zhongli's story quest and what we know... On the surface about Ajdaha, I feel like that's like a Sino joke because he's like <laughs> locked underground. <laughs> <laughs> he's not underwater though, so you get a half a giggle. No, <laughs> it's only a huh, not a ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so Zhang Li's second story quest takes place uh, when we first are hanging out with him. For, if I'm remembering correctly, it's actually a commission. It's a commission that we get through Catherine. Why is Catherine always giving us these things? Yeah, it's like we kind of go over. We're like, hey, you got anything for us? And she's like, sure. Go talk to Uncle Di. Won't give us really any more information and kind of makes it seem a little sus. So we're like, "Uh, okay. And we go on over and go find him. And he he starts telling us what the current situation is. What's the current situation? So and his situation is that he is looking for four lost miners and not children miners but miners with the axe so confusing a pickaxe yes <laughs> they have gone missing over um in the mountains they just don't know where they could possibly be so he's like i got this rock expert to come over and help me as well along with you and Pymon's like rock expert we know the rock expert and like we go through this whole thing like paimon's just like no that guy can't know anything and we go and get Zhang Li, and we're like come on over this dude needs some help with some rocks <laughs> but then we meet his rock guy who is kunjin and we can see from Zhang Li's face that he knows him a little bit and kunjin is like did i meet you before did i meet you at the funeral parlor and he's like wait i've never been to the funeral parlor so they have this like awkward little situation and then they just start like throwing facts about rocks to see if like who's the smartest, which is just funny because we know that Zhang Li is the Geo Archon and obviously knows the most. <laughs> and the order that this guy is asking about is Dragonfall, right? Yeah, he starts saying that he he's looking for Dragonfall. It's kind of not related to the miners as much as it's his own personal kind of thing. So Zhang Li says, well, while we're in this expedition, I'll make sure to keep an eye out for it for you. 
And I don't know if they ever say come out and say it in the quest. I don't know if I button mash too quickly. But Dragonfall is an ore that was created by the fight between Morax and Ashta. So Zhang Li's like radar must have really been going off because yeah. he's like, how the fuck do you know about this? They say it, Zhang Li explains it at the very end to us, that Dragonfall that, like you said, his radar went up when he was like, wait a second, why would this person know about Dragonfall? Because not only did it, it was created during that fight, but then it was mined out of existence um, when humanity took it. Because, you know, humans, we don't care. So we went over to the mountains and we mined the crap out of it. So it's not around. Um, and that's been like hundreds of years. There's some like old school leeway like rock people who occasionally talk about it but for this like young blacksmith guy to know it is really out of the ordinary so what happens next then but with Li and his friend new friend his newfound friend so at that point they they kind of make it over to the mountains because they're kind of like you know we need to go see for ourselves kind of like what's going on and see if we can kind of find these people so this little group of adventurers head over to minlin to go look for the miners and we start kind of you know doing our due diligence kind of looking for things like we find like t-shirts and pants like so we know that like the miners didn't take their stuff like the stuff that they had there for the amount of time i kind of just stayed there so it didn't really look like they packed up and left because even Zhang Li says like they're kind of young <laughs> the miners are young the miners are miners maybe so he's kind of like you know maybe they just went to another mountain they're like even Uncle Dai is like nah I, that's just not these kind of guys so Kunjin's like well let's see if we could you know if I can read the rocks <laughs> and we're just like ask you me. <laughs> we're like what are you gonna we're like, Lee, is that something you can even do yeah <laughs> okay side note it's funny he goes over to coral lapis and touches it and gets to see basically these four miners walking up these stairs and then he tells us about it here's those here's the side note though coral lapis isn't a rock they make a big thing in genshin that coral lapis is a flower because if you are co-oping with people and you break rocks you all uh, your mining ore, you all get to share it. You don't get to you don't get to share coral lapis just like a flower. Okay. Can I come <laughs> on that real quick? Sure. I think they made that up because it is an like an ascension material. They didn't want people to just like hardcore farm that. Oh, because like you don't need it to ascend. You don't need like ore to ascend anyone. They were like, what can we make that's almost as annoying as violet grass? Yeah, so it's a special rock that grows flowers. Maybe it's like <laughs> the the bloom the bloom of the ore. Yeah, the bloom of the ore. <laughs> it kind of makes sense with like what what's going on with Ozdaha's like actual model because when we look at it, yeah, he's got it. He's a dragon with no wings, or at least wings he does not use. But he's got a whole tree as his tail. <laughs> yeah, he's got a whole tree as his tail. Yeah, yeah, so I maybe guess. it's like a flowering tree and the core lapis is the flowering. I gotta see this. You when know you the know, tree fight, tail, yeah. When you, when you fight, fight him, him, he sticks his tail up out of the out of the out ground. Out of the ground. Watch him whip. Watch him. Watch him whip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about Zhang Li. Oh. <laughs> I was like, where does Zhang Li have a tree? You're like, where does he have a tail? Yeah, I was t- I totally thought you were talking about Zhang Li. That was my bad. You're like, did I miss something? It's like, we're like, it's right there in his pants, Tiff. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, I know that he's got a flowy cape. A very dry branch. <laughs> very limp branch. Coupon needs some Viagra. <sighs> so Kunjin. <laughs> I, I just want to say, though, again, I can only imagine when this guy, because as the traveler, like this guy goes over and touches the core lapis and sees a vision. And we're like, what the? <laughs> I like wonder what was going through Shang Li. He's like, are you a new Archon? Are you from Celestia? What? 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 Like, what yeah. is happening? He's like, excuse me, you can do what? I, and I was kind of like, well, Zhongli, can you do that? <laughs> you were the Archon. Zhongli, show us what you can do with but a he does, Yeah, he does tell us later, you know, when we do learn a little bit more at the end of this, and he's kind of explaining everything, kind of doing the uh, the recap, he does say that that stones hold memories. Everything holds memories in this game. Yeah. <laughs> Including the coral lapis. <laughs> yeah, so Kunjun, um touches the rock or Corlapis kind of sees these dudes. And then he's like, there's a little kid. And we're like, why is there a little kid in the mines? And as we go on and we talk to somebody else and ask them about like what's going on with, um, you know, have you seen the miners? And this one person says, yeah, I did. I saw them like, you know, six weeks ago or something like that, walking with this blue haired little girl. And they're just like, that just seems so strange. There shouldn't like, this is a dangerous area. There shouldn't be a, little kid and why are these four grown-ass adults walking around with a little kid you mean the four minors <laughs> the four minors this is genshin a kid walking through a dangerous place alone is very common actually true I mean, do we remember a child story quest with tuser that was child endangerment to a T. Tuser literally took a boat from shiznaya on his own and no one even knew he was gone <laughs> child endangerment child neglect Child like within Kaya. E was also being neglected. He needed uh, love. Yeah, his parents shield should be arrested. Day. Shield day. My shield day. The poor boy. Anyway, Tiff, go back to this endangered child with minors. Yes. So as we continue talking to people and we see uh, more people are saying like, yeah, I saw this little kid, uh, this little blue haired little girl. And Kunjin is kind of like touching, <laughs> feeling up the rocks, looking for clues. It ends up leading us over to this ginormous tree. And this tree has all blue crystals kind of running through its core. And we kind of go up to it and there's a tablet, which looks like a headstone, even though they call it a tablet. But I swear, it, I always think somebody's just buried there. I mean, technically. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. Kunjin goes up to it and touches it to get his, you know, to do his little thingy. And he kind of like gasps. And they're like, are, are you all right? Same. <laughs> Like, are you okay? Is this fine? And he's just like, oh, I, I don't know. Something happened. And they're like, we're like, did we see, did you see anything? Do we know where the little girl is? Do we know anything? And he's like, I, it's not coming clear to me. I don't really know. And at this time, like, Zhang Li, like, is taking a walk around the tree to kind of find stuff. And he's like, uh, there's a cave over here uh, that, ha that hasn't been there. <laughs> like, this has never been over here. Can we go look at it? So we're like, sure, scary-ass cave that's brandy new. Let's go look at that. And as we walk in, we see the four miners working their ass off insanely kind of mining this cave like they're like grunting and kind of like animalistic and just totally out of their fucking heads and they're just going to town and we see this behind it this doorway that's kind of like it rem the first time going through the quest it reminded me of seeing 
the Adepti homes where you see like that gold kind of, um, so we see that in the background. And uh, once these miners see us, they are not happy. They, they run over to us and start trying to attack us. They try and like whip the shit out of Paimon up in the air, which is hysterical because she's just like, whoa, I can get around. Which is actually, side note, the little, I forgot to mention it because it's really not really important. But they're like, hey, we should go look at the top of the tree and see if we find anything before they go in this cave. And Paimon's like, hey, why don't you go climb it? And they're like looking at her and she's like, oh shit, I can fly. I guess I should go look. <laughs> Flying's exhausting, though. Remember that. It's not flying, it's floating. She's yeah. just tooting her way. Mm-hmm. Star farts. Star I forgot farts. about that. It is so, it's just so funny. She's just like, oh, shit, that's me. <laughs> so she gets, like, almost knocked by these miners that, again, are, like, totally crazed. And they're going at them. So Zhang Li puts his nice force field around us to kind of protect us from the miners. But then... Behind us comes the evil child. Without an E. Yeah, let's let's make that clear. (laughs) Because they're both evil. No. This one's blue-haired, not (laughs) red-haired. And she blows a shit ton of wind. Okay, venti wannabe. (laughs) Kind of breaks through Zhang Li's, like, force field because she's kind of in it. And ends up opening up the seal, the the golden veil that we see. And the next thing we know is we are in front of this ginormous, dragon, rocky, vicious looking dude. And that is what we have to then fight. And he is pissed. He is not happy. He starts talking directly to Zhang Li, but as Morax, which as a reminder, Morax, Morax and Rex, Rex Lapis are Zhang Li's other names from back in the day. So Ashtaha starts talking like, you're back here. I hate you. These are not direct quotes. Yeah. <laughs> These are not the actual words. So we have this fight and we have to actually fight him. And it's probably the longest fight that anybody, when they're in this game the first time, it is probably the longest fight that they've ever had to do. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's rough. It is rough. And I mean, the only other thing that could rival it was Andreas's. I mean... <laughs> When you have a full Animo and Cryo team and not expecting to fight him, yeah. it's probably going to take a very long time. Yeah, the Scara God fight was pretty tough, too. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I don't. I never did that one on my own. I always made fiends do it with me. <laughs> well, you did it the first time, though, like in story. Oh, that's right. Sometimes it's a little easier in story. No, Ashaha still took me 9,000 years alone, though. Sleep. I remember watching people, like some of our other friends, doing it for hours, just going, <laughs> like, trying to get past it. It it was it was a, a marathon. Yeah. You needed a lot of miso soup for that one, too. <laughs> I was about to say, how much miso soup? <laughs> well, miso soup became a thing because of the <laughs> Brian Shogun battle. <laughs> <laughs> you could have used it in that fight, too. It would have been helpful. Oh, I didn't know about it then. I didn't know what a miso was. We were in leeway. No, true, 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 true. So Ash Zaha, though, is he's still smack talking and he's like, you came back here on your own to the place that you sealed me away. So he's pissed at Zhang Li, obviously, for putting this guy behind the seal. And then we're like, wait, this is Zhang Li's ex? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think it's his ex. I think, well... Well, can I read the Azdaha description? Because I feel like it encompasses everything of like how angry he is. Yeah, yeah please. Yeah, go for it. An enormous dragon as ancient as the mountain themselves. In an age that has all but faded from memory, he stood shoulder to shoulder 
with one who ruled over a harbor of stone. But in the end, the two came into conflict, and the dragon was banished to a dark place deep underground. Over the long years of his imprisonment, his power has slowly dissipated. He has also become disfigured from his various kinds of erosion he has been subjected to. The faint rattling of this dragon lord's shackles and his deep, angry growl echo through the bowels of the mountains like memories of a bygone era. So salty. He's salty and he's shaking the mountain with his cries. <laughs> the burning question mm-hmm. is Ozzy the Geo Sovereign? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, let's finish the quest. (laughs) (laughs) We're never going to get to the end of the quest then. Yeah, we be Ashtaha. And all of a sudden, we are faced with the scariest thing of all, which is the blue-haired little girl. Absolutely. Whose name is Zhu. And it says, you know how like it always tells you like underneath their name, like like something about them, like it'll be like, you know, Emory of blah, blah, blah. Under Zhu, it says Ashtaha. <laughs> they are talking to us and we're like totally like carried, like the movie carry, like kind of like disassociated, head down, kind of just yelling at us. And then we hear somebody else start yelling from behind us and the voices sound familiar and we turn around and there's Kunjin. And now underneath his name, it says Ashtaha as well. So, and it's like, what? Who the fuck is Ashtaha? Like, where's the rock guy? The the monster's <laughs> gone. We just got this little girl and this guy we've been hanging out with the whole time who's been feeling up rocks. <laughs> he turns out, he tells us, he starts talking and they have their little thing kind of going back and forth between the blue-haired girl and him. And he tells us that he is also a fragment of Ashtaha and that him and the little girl are basically like a yin and yang. The little girl is the pissed off, eroded Ajdaha. Because like that little quote that Al said, he was being faced with erosion because he was so fucking old. His mind was going, he forgot his memories and stuff. And that's actually what brings him to the seal to get sealed up. So he starts to just explain to us basically that as the seal was loosened, Ajdaha was able to create his inside power manifested as this child. Which, why? A blue haired little girl with glasses. That's who he is. He kind of gets so angry, Ashtaha turns into a mean-ass kid. And Kunjun, he didn't have enough power to kind of create another one. So he possessed another body. So that's why this is just a regular-ass dude, because he's possessed by Ashtaha. Mm-hmm. He goes on to tell us, too, that, like, he didn't know at first. Like, he he didn't realize who he was. And that was kind of why he kind of recognized Zhongli early on. But when he touched the tablet, he was like, shit. I know who I am. Like, it all came, like, running back to us. So, Ozzy created Jew, right? Like, the... Yeah. Like, that sort of, like, the embodiment of his wrath. Yeah, the the mean part, the, let's call it, I don't remember if a yin and yang, which side's the good and bad. But mm-hmm. we'll say that Jew is the is the bad side. And Kunjun is the good side. The rational side. <laughs> Was Kunjun just, like, a regular person and then just got possessed? Yep. 
Whereas Jew was created, right? Yes, Jew was created. She does not really actually exist. Right. He he basically created this little girl to get the miners over there. Because who who's going to listen to, like, you know, some crazy person? So I guess they would follow a little kid who's lost in the mine. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as they followed her, she brought them over to the area where the cave now is and had them dig the cave. And I think a, a little more of an explanation on that, too, is that we find out that Ajdaha actually controls the ley lines, question mark, which I have a lot of questions about. He's has yeah. a lot of power over the ley lines. Which is why I think he's the sovereign. Yeah. <laughs> when he was buried beneath the ground, he slowly was reconnecting with the ley lines. And that's why he's starting to disfigure himself and look like the root of a tree because he's really kind of grasped to the ley lines. And with the little bit of ley line juice that he was able to get, he made this little girl apparition. Yeah. At this point, too, Kujan goes on to continue the story and says, Ashtaha was a friend and ally of Morax. He had a lifespan that far exceeded mankind. He then explains also the whole thing about memories being stored in rocks and that erosion even gets the rocks. So erosion is basically when you're that old, because we have to remember these guys are like even Shangli, even they're thousands of years old. They don't die, but eventually their mind starts to go kind of like humans. You know, you think about it, like you kind of lose your memory and kind of... It's a bit of dementia. Yeah, I was going to say it's magical dementia. Yeah. And when this happened to Ajdaha back in the day, he got violent. So he forgot that he lived with mankind. He forgot his contract with Morax, which was to protect the people of Liyue. Instead, he was really pissed about them. And he just, he couldn't, you know, he just didn't remember anything like that. How does the quest end, though? So it's kind of like Kunjin kind of just telling all of this stuff and them having this conversation. And kind of Kunjin just saying to Zhu, like, fuck you, you're done. Go back in your little hole. And Kunjin kind of just wins the fight. And the little girl disappears. And we go outside and we start talking to Morax, we kind of leave all these little clues behind, like Morax we thank Morax for his gift of sight. He says that he's forged of the elemental crystal bearer of weight and memories of the earth. Morax refers to him as the earth dragon Again, going back to the whole sovereign piece and kind of like we just kind of like talk it out like two old friends and he's like okay, my power is kind of dissipating and they just kind of like, I hope this doesn't happen again, but you know what? It's probably gonna because every time people keep fucking with the ley lines, it hurts me and wakes me up. So he's like, you're bad neighbors. <laughs> and Morax is like, well, I'm not the Archon anymore. Like, there's nothing I can do about that. And uh, Ajdaha is like, well, what's going to happen then? And he's like, the people will be able to take care of it. Like, that's fine. They can do it. And he's like, all right. The people are probably fucking it up. Yeah. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm. The people who keep waking my ass up are going to be able to get rid of me. He's like, well, I hope so. Otherwise, child is going to destroy everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Is this where we get the quote from Zhongli about erosion? Or, yeah. Kunjun just falls to the ground, is passed out. Uncle Dai comes over. We give him the little scoop. He starts taking Kunjun back to Liwei Harbor. So this way, his kind of thing is over. He goes gets to go back to being a blacksmith. And Zhongli then tells Traveler the whole story. Because, like, Kunjun did the whole, like, told us the story as well. But, like, Zhongli kind of goes through it a little bit more. You know, says that, um, that he sealed Ajdaha. He 
put Ajdaha in that seal after a great battle within the chasm, all throughout the chasm, which almost made it sound like that's where some of those like crazy holes and stuff are. Because it was like, this was a big ass battle. And Zhang Li is like, basically like, even Ajdaha at the time basically says like, I know that you came to me as a friend and not an assassin. Like you didn't try and kill me. But Zhang Li is like, even as strong as I really am, I would not have been able to do it. So when he sealed Ajdaha, he had Adepti help. Yeah. Because he couldn't do it all on his own. Again, going to the fact that this dragon is the sovereign? dragon <laughs> mm-hmm. point. So this is where kind of we learn all the details and probably the stuff that you're all alluding to, too, about how it happened, how Morax met Ashtaha and all those. I was just going to say that the Adepti we know were um, Mooncarver and Mountain Shaper and a unidentified third Adepti. But a lot of people think it was Marchosius, who's Gwoba, because in a cutscene during one of the events, like it shows Gwoba like riding the shoulder of Ashtaha. Ah. So people think maybe like they were friends and like he had to go and like help them close mm. his friend up. It's so sad. Yeah, because like, I mean, it is a sad thing. Like, I mean, he was losing his mind and they had to like put him away, but they didn't. Yeah, like Zhang Li outside of I think he he has a good quote that says um, a heart of stone is still a heart, which I was like, damn. I will say something I found a little weird about the erosion in this situation (laughs) is that the whole thing is like that Ajdaha starts forgetting the people of Li Wei. And so he starts attacking them as they continue Mm -hmm. to explore the chasm. Mm -hmm. But then he holds this like thousand year grudge. Yeah. Like Morax, where he's like, Morax, you have betrayed me the people have betrayed me they, like you can't remember literally it says he forgot morax's face yeah but, and he's like you fucking betrayed me yeah. i'm gonna come get you what type of erosion does he have it's like selective <laughs> but that's why i think he's a sovereign because yeah the gods if you think about it like the gods are sort of taking the place of the dragons and so it would make sense if he has this sort of underlying resentment towards archons it's almost like the thing that kept him alive in a way like he held on to this pain like he felt like Morax was a traitor to him Mm -hmm. and it's almost like he just he grew onto that fascination and probably made it a lot worse because he willingly put himself in the seal like he didn't fight them but he was just like oh shit yeah and their relationship had to have been so conflicting if he is i mean even if he's not a a sovereign just being like a dragon like you know a part of the race of beings that were wiped out basically yeah. by the gods we know that Zhang li was really nice to him as a dragon like what gave him the ability to see sort of like brought him up to the surface of tibet because you know he lived underground and sort of put him in touch with humanity and like was guiding him to be like involved in you know the, the outside world so you know i could see that it's like when he loses his mind it falls back to those like base instincts of like you took over my world and like committed genocide so base trauma yeah but yeah. like it's i think at the time of doing the quest because you know you're in leeway at this point i don't think i really knew too much about the dragons and things like that and i was a little confused by it like i was like okay this guy was obviously really important but i think it almost makes a little bit more sense now being in fontaine and learning everything about nouvellette and the yeah. fact that he is the dragon sovereign but not he's not the original like it passed on and i think that that wasn't something that i've ever really explored until it came out in that quest 
But to bounce off of that, even if he didn't, he's, if he's not the original sovereign and just like one of the dragon lords and, you know, it just has his own memories, looking at IRL depictions of like dementia where certain memories are lost, but memories of trauma are deeply ingrained. So maybe this moment where he is locked away and he sees this as somewhat of a betrayal by Zhang Li, that it's just like, that sticks because it's so deeply rooted. Mm -hmm. So there's this interesting video that is sort of like a behind the scenes of the concept of Ajdaha by the developers. And they specifically note that like erosion was designed basically to be a storytelling device about the conflict between ordinary people and nature. And it's so interesting. I think it's sort of about old age in a way. And we know that Zhang Li has to deal with erosion too. It's just, you know, coming a little bit slower than it did for Ozzy. But it's an interesting device to sort of tell that story of like, I had to seal my friend away because he lost his mind, but I also know that that's going to happen to me eventually. And that's why he had to step down as the Archon. It's really interesting. He even like gave some of his powers to... Ajdaha to help try and stop the erosion, but basically it was kind of like futile, I guess. You know, but I think it was also like you're saying, he had to think of it from this is going to happen to me. Yeah. You know, and he he says that while he's telling the traveler and stuff about it, he says, even I can't avoid erosion, but there's something I understand better than most. When the door opens, it's time to leave. So he had the opportunity because the Saritza wanted his gnosis and he was like, peace out. I know it's my time. So B brought up the idea of like the difference between like mortals and immortals and there's always this idea of like gods don't die they're forgotten mm. and Zhongli knows he's like slowly being forgotten about because it's just like just a matter of time but with all the dragons it's literally a bygone age it's been thousands of years there are very few people that remember anything about the dragons it's very yeah. true. I did just want to, though, before we jump too far into all of our theories and stuff, we've only really covered Ajdaha in Zhongli's story. Mm -hmm. So I think we should actually backtrack to what we know about Ajdaha, like factually, which isn't too much, of course. We know that Ajdaha is a dragon. He's referred to very often as a dragon. We know that dragons come from a shop form to start with. And we know that Ajdaha, like nothing was really going on with him. And then one day there were like earthquakes happening and they didn't know what was causing them. So Morak, you know, scooted on over to figure out what was happening. And he found out that this dragon, Ajdaha, had awoken and every time he moved, an earthquake was happening. And Morax was like, all right, you need to chill out. What is going on? And he told him about how he was blind. Ajdahan had no sight. He was very curious about the surface. And so Morax not only granted him vision, not to be confused with a vision, but he also brought him to the surface. And he said, listen, you can see, you can chill up here, but you got to stay cool. You protect me. You protect the people. You can stay up here. You do anything against that, you're back underground. <laughs> Ajdaha lived in peace with the people for many years, actually befriending Morax and becoming a beloved protector of Liwei. He was very partial to blacksmiths, which is fun because his positive side of his conscience does take over Yunkun, who is a blacksmith <laughs> or knows of blacksmith things. And then eventually the erosion hit and he was chilling in the chasm and he started to feel like the people exploring the chasm were attacking him. 
He then flipped out, got mad. Zhang Li and the Adepti had to subdue him, as you guys mentioned. The fight started in the chasm and went all the way up to Nan Tianmon and then to the right above it in next to Mount Hulao, where eventually they were able to subdue him and lock him under Dragon Queller, which is a very magical looking tree. <laughs> Ajha then decided that he was betrayed, even though he could not remember Morax's face, and that he would pull a Eula seeking vengeance on Morax one day soon. <laughs> and then we have everything you guys just mentioned. I think that's really important just to throw out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because we really don't know his origins prior to being locked underground the first time. Mm -hmm. We do know that many years ago, there was a draconic cataclysm. <laughs> I'm sorry, a draconic calamity, as they call it. It is actually written in the description of the Primova shop. And it says that this draconic calamity destroyed Tianche Valley. That is where you can actually find the Primova shop that we like to call the Primova shop a shop. It's the one who changes elements every day. And specifically about Tianqiche Valley, it says, As to how it came to be the way it is now, it seems to have had something to do with the rampage of an ancient dragon king. There aren't a lot of details available about the incident, but legend has it that Rex Lapis and his Adepti eventually imprisoned it with some sort of Adepti realm. So, you know, we don't really know when that draconic calamity specifically happened. I mean, would that not be the primordial one? coming in and like kicking all the dragon's axes well no because it says that it has to do with the rampage of an ancient dragon king and then rex lapis and the adepti imprisoned it so it almost makes it sound like it's when ajdaha went crazy in the chasm oh okay. and then he trekked up that way on the map and if you look at the map <laughs> <laughs> did you turn left at the boob well, no, if you start at the chasm and you go right, like the Lingzhu Pass and everything is very deeply valleyed up until Chianke Valley, Nian Tianmon, and then you get to where Ajaha is next to Mount Hulao. It all looks like it was like possibly carved out by a fight. But it also could be something that we don't know about. And it could be the first time that Ajdaha was locked away too. We don't know. But that that's it. You guys can go into all the uh, the Dragon Lord stuff now. <laughs> I just wanted to get that out there. Well, here's an interesting fact. Ajdaha means dragon in Persian language. And in Persian and Iranian mythology, Ajdaha is a giant snake or lizard with wings. And it was talked about in a book as far back as like 1160. And I'm not even going to try and say the name because I would butcher it so much. But it's the wonders of creatures and marvels of creation in a wonderfully looking lot of vowels and uh constants that i i can't do none of us speak farsi or urdu so yeah <laughs> it makes it really difficult yeah but they're depicted as like normal snakes that have lived over 100 years and they grew 30 meters and at that point they start harassing creatures and god's like fuck that and he takes them and throws them in the sea i guess constantly because i don't think they're all lived at the same time but you know, in the sea, they grew even larger, like 10,000 meters, and they grew wings, kind of like fins of a fish. And then that's where they became like, in this mythology, that's kind of where the dragons kind of come from. And then they eventually used those wings and started to fly. But they, they believe that if you ate the heart of one, it would bring you courage and bravery and that uh, their skins would heal heartache from like a loved one and stuff. And if you bury 
their head like it makes good soil like all those kinds of things like so like dragons while they were like vicious and apparently beating up people before they were thrown in the ocean they still actually had like a uh people still admired them and used them for stuff like that in mythology it's not actually real but i'm going to talk about it as if the dragons were really there in 1160 well it's part it's part of folklore but like we can also see like parts going through genshin we when we do these weekly bosses, we take specific loot drops and they tend to be body parts of these beasts and or child and Raiden. And with Azdaha, we have the gilded scale and the dragon's lord crown and the blood jade branch. And a lot of that is very similar to their their scales and their skin is really, really good at healing wounds. And while like the head, the branch, you know, is really good for soil and for growing things. It's also interesting that in Western mythology, dragon scales are like the best armor. And while dragon blood, if you bathe in dragon blood, you're immune. And if you drink it, you become immortal. Al, you didn't say your thing. Wait, did you just say bathe? Yeah, in you his said blood? a regular bathe is in his blood. I know. <laughs> I know. Wait, why aren't we yeah. getting it? Why are you still being like, yeah, I know? Ow! Because I wanted to get to another thing real quick because it's about Rostam. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm going to include it like in Persian folklore, specifically because it's written in the Epic of Kings. Rostam is basically Heracles. <laughs> he has a lot more labors than seven, but one of the labors he has is he kills a dragon. Who's Heracles? Hercules. Oh. Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> I just say Heracles because I, I, I am a stickler, but he, you know, he has to atone for certain sins. And Rostam is also one who has to atone for certain sins because in some cases he's killed both his half-brother and his son versus Heracles kills, you know, his entire family. So <laughs> it it's a it's a an interesting parallel of like Rostam fights white demons white elephants like lots of differing like monsters that you would see in like persian folklore or basically middle eastern folklore at the time and you know some translations of the epic of kings throws in different monsters it just depends on where it was translated but i love how a lot of it always relates back to tiamat which ha, here we go so in the babylonian creation myth tiamat is like god of chaos she is the how, how do you how do i she basically created the waters of the world of the cosmos through a sacred marriage and that in and of itself she is the goddess of the of primordial chaos Ooh. primordial if you will lots of times she's identified as like a sea serpent or a dragon okay osile beist Mm -hmm. And with multiple different sources of media, specifically Dungeons and Dragons, you'll see Tiamat as Tiamat, and usually they're a very large red dragon. However, um, what I really enjoy is that the creation myth has something it alludes to, and I have I'm trying to figure out how it really relates to Durin, but it does, and which is why I'm like, is Tiamat gold or is gold? in Genshin, kind of like a stand-in for Tiamat. And so the creation myth goes is that Tiamat bears the first generation deities with her husband, Abzu. And basically, those generations of deities 
try and kill him and usurp his throne. Once they do that, they make war and then they're all killed. She's enraged. She wars against her husband's murderers, bringing forth multi... Like, she makes a bunch of monsters. In that, she makes dragons. And then she's slain by her son, Enki. What a brat. Mm -hmm. And then the storm god, Marduk. But before she brings forth the monsters in, you know, the first, including the first of the dragons, she fills the bodies of dragons with poison instead of blood. Mm, sounds like Durin. Yep. Murduk then integrates elements of her body into the heavens and the earth. That's a thing gold would do. So was Albedo going to kill gold? Maybe. Stop. Well, Maybe. that'd be okay. I'd be okay with that one. I immediately went on the defense. I was like, shut up. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it reminded me a lot of how the original indigenous creatures of Tavad were dragons and vishops. And the purity of that is that they were kind of untouched and they are the first of their kind. So they are kind of like the first generation of deities here. And then they kill their dad <laughs> in this case. And then their mom kills them and, you know, goes on a rampage and makes more monsters. And it kind of, I'm trying to find more ways to relate this of like how this ties in with the creation of Tavat becoming a human occupied Mm -hmm. world and it could just be that these are you know dragons that were the first of the generation and we are fourth the monsters that were brought by the primordial one who knows but i love that like when you think of primordial chaos the term primordial chaos as the dictionary puts it or it, at least wikipedia let's say that it's mythological void state it's Neither, there is no order, and we see this a lot in Greek mythology, in the creation myths, as well as Egyptian mythology. And I got to thinking, is that the Dark Sea? Is that the sea? Quanta? (laughs) Wait, so who was Rostam again in this scenario? So Rostam is like a a folk hero, like Hercules is. Um, He's part of this whole epic, the Epic of Kings. And so, and for anyone who doesn't remember, Rostam was a prominent figure in Mondstadt history. He was like BFFs with Arundelin, who was the the grandmaster of Mondstadt at the time. And he was Senora's lover. Mm -hmm. And Rostam in the Epic of Kings also shares not a very linear path as Rostam and Genshin, but has a very similar fate. And as much tragedy as, as most folklore does. So I found it really interesting when researching just Azdaha and like, what are, what are the myths? What are the, like, just stories of dragons from Iran, from Iraq, just trying to look and see all of that. And here comes this name Rostam <laughs> that we know quite well. Mm-hmm. And I find it very poignant that when we do find these what seemingly unrelated connections in Genshin pops up. I'm like, shit, <laughs> shit, yeah. there's more meaning to this. And I just don't, I haven't quite put my finger on it yet. There's a lot of weird questions like that. And it's like, sometimes you wonder where Hoyo gets their information. <laughs> I like, mean, what makes them decide to pull from certain resources, so to say, like when we talk about Alberich, when we talk about the Ravengers, like they all have these, you know, possible IRL connections to folklore too. Mm-hmm. I always found it like really interesting that learning that, like Tiff said, that 
Azza is Farsi and Urdu for dragon. Then I'm looking at the history of the Middle East with China, and there's deep history, as as we've talked about in previous episodes, of how like cultural transmutation happens all the time. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. All right. Well, since we've gone through the background a little bit and the cultural references, now is your time to shine, Brandon. I'm not going to stop the talk of the Dragon Lords now. <laughs> Let's go. Dragon Sovereigns. I know I've been shutting it down just to get facts out because I know this could go. <laughs> no, I basically said it already. Like, I think that there is a lot of credence to the idea that he could be the geo sovereign but there's no proof whatsoever it's just my personal theory yeah no i think that a lot of people share it though because morax calls him the the geo dragon but i mean he's made a stone and lives in leeway so it, you could take it either way but like i said before i think that even the the nervalette story about him being a replacement kind of a thing could even be but trying to go back to and i know i've mentioned this before i have a hard time with the timing of things like to me the dragons were here the primordial one said shoo and then all of a sudden there were cons like to me it happens in a day but it didn't did the primordial one when they put all of them in the ground you know and that's why like zhang li later on like unearthed the geo dragon sovereign like it could be so many things one thing that's interesting that is in that that developer video that i was talking about earlier first of all ozzy was like being developed as early as 1.1 like that's when they started figuring out like how to design him um so i thought that was cool but they also mentioned that he is one of the countless beings defeated during the archon war which I'm like, okay, so there were dragons fighting in the Archon War. That's very interesting to me. Hmm. That's what makes me think that Ajdaha isn't the original Geo Dragon, but could have. Yeah. I think he's a reincarnation. Reincarnation, heir, whichever one. But I think there is more evidence than we think to point him to that he is the now, like, he, he is and is the Geo Sovereign. And that's because he is the leader of the geo vishops and the vishops will only follow a dragon lord one of the sovereigns well the question then also becomes we learn thanks to nuvi Paw, whatever you prefer that in order for a dragon lord to get their full power back the archon of that same element has to give up the divine throne did zhang li give up the divine throne we know he gave away his gnosis we know that he quote-unquote died to purposely step down, but has he given up the divine throne? Oh, like you think he's got to like go to Celestia and be like, all right, I'm done? I think he's got to legitimately destroy the throne. And I think he has to die. Oh, yes. okay. I just figured it's the Gnosis, no? No, 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 no because the Gnosis... That's just the Archon, like part of the Archon's power, apart from the third descender. The throne has to be completely destroyed. And that means the Archon or what would mm. be considered the Archon has to be destroyed. True, because that's why Fosilor did her whole thing. Mm -hmm. yes. Because the Gnosis was already gone. Like it was already in someone else's hands. But because if had Zhang Li giving the Gnosis to... 
Senora been what was stepping down or destroying the throne, Azaha would have probably had, you know, one of those large moments like we saw with Peepaw, like having an epic moment, but he never did. So I think the throne, I think he passed it down, possibly just to the people of Leeway and or to the, oh God, I keep forgetting how to say the- The Chishing? Yeah, the Chishing. chishing. The, <laughs> yes. I know. I think that the thing is, since Zhongli is not dead, if Ajdaha is the new or original Geo Dragon Lord, he cannot have his full power because Zhongli is alive. But that yeah. also would explain why he has this like resentment, instinctual resentment towards Zhongli. Right. Despite if he remembers him or not with the erosion. Yeah. I also. It's not necessarily Ajaha that makes me question this, but since we're talking about it, it makes me wonder what happened in Inazuma and Sumeru. Because in Inazuma, there are Kandai. But we don't know if Makoto gave up the Divine Throne or truly passed it to A. I guess we know that she passed it to A. Maybe? I always took it as they were sharing it, because they were, you know, the twin archons. Even though... Well, then Nahida's the question, too, Makoto then. was sort of like, you know, the, the one who had it together more and was, like, doing the job. The question is, is the Electro Sovereign even reincarnated or, or like, become strong enough to even take that place yeah that's true it also makes me really question inconomia because inconomia the people who lived there they foresaw the future and predicted that the hydro dragon would be born again but as a human so we know then that inconomia people at least probably 600 years ago made that assumption because we know nouvellet kind of appears around the time of the cataclysm yeah yeah a little after this isn't necessarily about Ajzaha, but it's at the end of the story. And it pissed me off again watching it when I revisited for this episode. We outright asked Zhang Li, you know anything about our brother? And he goes, oh, yeah, nah, I can't talk about that. Oh, yeah. And we're like, what do you mean you can't talk about it? Like, what? Like, we, we tell him we know about Dainsleaf, we know about Conria, we know about the Cataclysm. And he's just like, mm -mm, can't say nothing. He goes, I understand and I have to apologize. I can understand why this is seems like really mean to you, especially because we're friends. And he's like, this is my contract. He made a contract mm -hmm. so long ago that he would never talk about it. And he can't tell us anything. But like he starts to say like certain things like, you know, about witnessing and searching for things and how there nothing's inconsequential. Like I think he's trying to give us some hints. Yeah, he tells us that there are many secrets below the earth that only the traveler can reveal. What kind of shit is that outside of Ashtaha? <laughs> Maybe we gotta bring Ashtaha. <laughs> I want him to come back. I want him to have a happy ending. Oh, the dragon's back, damn it. No dragon's getting a happy ending in this game. They've already been subject to not happy endings. No, I think Nouvellet is going to have a happy ending. <laughs> okay, well, that's yeah. different. And if I, I have to like... give it to him myself, I will. <laughs> Uh, what massage parlor are you taking him to? <laughs> Wherever the perfumer goes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I hope that we see Kunjin again. Like, I hope that there's something in Leeway that, like, we gotta go get something from a blacksmith and we go, like, meet up with him. Mm -hmm. I would love that, you know, we were hanging out recently with the Shade Chamber and while Beefy did the 
newest Fontaine event with the muskets. And I was saying how it was like such a lost opportunity because you could bring back these like random NPCs. Like you don't need to keep giving me new NPCs. I have met people in these towns. I have interacted. And that's one of the characters in Leeway that imagine you just ran into him during Lantern, right? That'd be so Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, because he has no memory of it, we think. Zhongling visited him. It's heavily implied that she's like making a gift for Jinyan and she visits a bespectacled blacksmith. So it's sort of implied to be him. And then Yoonjin is like very interested and is like, I'm going to put that in my next play. Oh, is that during the Shenha? I forget. It's a quest called Blazon Trails. So, but I forget what that was about. But it has to be him because Zhongling mentions that he was like ill and disoriented for a time, but then recovered miraculously. Oh. <laughs> and he's <laughs> suddenly able to tell the difference between valuable and worthless stones just by looking at them. And I apologize. Kunjin did not have a crazy ass mustache. I was thinking about the musket. A Morris? Yeah, I was thinking about Morris and the musket thing. Oh God, that Morris' mustache. <laughs> Is that what we called it? Sustache? Or beefy called it. Yeah. Thank God Suspedo doesn't have a sustache. <laughs> Where he's gonna show up wearing Paimon's like investigator Paimon outfit. Uh, everybody needs that. Everybody needs Detective Paimon back, whether you know it or mm-hmm. not. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to get like romance novel Paimon, oh where God. she just like starts flipping her hair, <laughs> like very like alluringly at the traveler. <laughs> All of her book eras just kind of horror film. Yeah, <laughs> Paimon with a knife. I feel like that's just the end of the game. <laughs> but that being said i do think that's all the time we have for today thank you travelers for going back in time possibly time as ancient as mountains themselves to talk about ajdaha or azdaha or azzy baby whatever you want to call him next week we are going to be talking about the yokai event that happened in inazuma i'm not even going to try to pronounce it (laughs) <laughs> I will know by next week. <laughs> if you like this episode and you want to let us know what you thought, you can send us an email at talesofthefoughtpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, talesofthefoughtpod, or follow us on Twitter, talesofthefought. Until then, safe journeys, travelers. We'll see you next time. Bye, gecko nerds. <laughs> As is like, you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>